Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hit it! Evolutionary Underground, episode 24, coming your way. How to get big arms with Geneza Pharma. So, we're going to talk about Geneza Pharma on this one. GP, as it's known. One of the best brands you'll find worldwide. They've been around a long time. They've been tried. They've been logged. They've been tested. A lot of guys, you can do this yourself. You can get them, test them out, get blood work done. Um, they have it all. They have everything from steroids, oral, injectable, ancillaries that you need on cycle ancillaries you need off cycle pct everything so they got you completely covered and their prices are really good so that's the 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 basic line on it their prices are fair they're not cheap they're not some cheap steroid source that some guy made his gear in a bathtub and we see that a lot today there's actually a thread today on the forums where someone posted they're like how do I know if my Anavar is good? I got my Anavar from a gym dealer. How do I know if it's good? Well, it's probably not. Your gym dealer doesn't know if the gear he's selling is good. How would he? How would he know? He's getting the gear from someone else, and he buys it in bulk, and then he sells it to people in the gym, and he tries to make a little a little money off of everything he sells. Maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. He'll try to make a profit. And he doesn't know what he's selling is real. He didn't get it tested. He Even if he used it, so what? You can use any type of steroid. How do you know it's not Toronobol? How do you know it's not Debol? How do you know it's not any other steroid? It, you're not going to know. So you got to use a trusted brand that you're confident in. You know, and the worst thing that can happen is you use something that's not what you think it is or it's not dosed correctly, and you get you don't get the results that you're desiring. So... In this podcast, you know, we're going to talk about big arms with Geneza Pharma. We're going to talk about the key to big arms. It's the trifecta here. It's the training. It's the diet. But it's also the source you're using. It's also the brand you're using. You want to make sure that you're using legitimate gear. Otherwise, your arms are just not going to grow. If you're using fake gear, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be working more volume and not seeing results. So it's very important to trust and have confidence in the brand you're using. And GP has a fantastic assortment of anabolic steroids. And we're gonna get into that in the next segment. So Mobster, talk about Geneza Pharma, your experiences with it, and why you trust them. Guys, Steve says, I want any company or regular source that I use. Look, let's be straight up there, guys. Right? When, we, when we've all come into the game, for me, that's a long time ago. We're talking about over a decade since I used any anabolics when I first started using anabolics. So I'm the same as everybody else. I almost certainly brought something down the gym. I, I had a buddy that was getting stuff brought in from Russia and, and Pakistan, all that kind of stuff, right? So and, and you paid a premium because you knew it was solid. You knew where it came from. Those days are a long time ago. ago. So what happens now is... 99% of our listeners should be, in my opinion, buying their stuff off the internet. I would absolutely have to trust a person or have dealt with that person for years if I was buying, like Steve referred to at the beginning, 
for some gym dealer. Absolutely have to have known that person for a very, very long time. And even I'd want to know where they were getting it from, even if I wasn't taking business off of them. So why would I want to use a company like Geneza Pharma? Right, because they've been around a long ass time, Steve. And to last in this industry is a big deal. We're going to be doing more podcasts and this kind of stuff in the future. Companies come and go. Companies, some companies only last 12 months, Steve. Geneza Pharma's 10, 15, 20 years in the industry, at least. I, 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 I mean, that's the kind of sort of longevity that I want. Then I want to know the kind of place that they're making it in. As Steve said, we talked about, I've seen videos, and you can find this on YouTube, guys, of people making steroids in the kitchens, people making steroids in lock-up garages, that kind of vibe. I don't want that. I want to know that the company is pharmaceutical, a big company, Tens of thousands of square feet. I want to know that their machinery that they're making it isn't something they bought off of eBay. I want it a solid company with a solid reputation producing product that gets great feedback. Here's the thing, guys. You can go different forums, different sponsors with different names and different claims and all the rest of that stuff. But it's like a, a fashion. One week the trousers are long, the next week the trousers are short. That happens all the time. To be around a long-ass time, is a huge deal to get a great reputation across multiple forums, not just the ones that Steve and I are involved in, but across the whole of the internet. Internationally, is a big ass deal. Trust me. To, to, there are probably I can think off the top of my head right now, Steve, maybe three or four, and GP is on that list that has that kind of length of time, professional, great reviewed positive feedback that is decades long and that's exactly the way that you want any company that you're dealing with to be there sure there might be a new company that comes out tomorrow but it's going to take them that long to build up this kind of reputation that Geneza Pharma has so that's exactly why we look at a company like Geneza and we say this is what we want from the industry we want any other company that we're dealing with be exactly like that and that's really 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 difficult to do for like I said more than a decade that you could say this about. I, I think I'd actually have to double check, Steve. I'm, I think Genez has been around close on 20, nearly 30 years at least. And that is a really, really big deal. It's incredibly rare in this industry to be around that long with a great reputation. So that's exactly the sort of thing that you're looking for. What do you think? Yeah, so it's very important to make sure that you're not wasting your money and wasting your time experimenting with sources and brands. And we've seen this a lot, as I've never understood this. You have access to our forums. You can come on our forums and find a real steroid brand, real steroids, not toys, not kitty steroids, all right? Real, dosed, legitimate, hardcore anabolic steroids. That's what we want. And that's what Geneza Pharma gives us. That's what other brands out there don't. So other brands, you'll see... Basically, people using them and having mixed results. They might have good results one cycle, bad results another. What's going on? It's because the dosing is off. The batches are off. All this stuff. Geneza is pharmaceutical quality, legitimate, made by actual scientists and actual lab people. You know? And, and that's how it is. And um, they're not made by some dude middle of nowhere you know hidden in some trailer who used to uh make meth in his trailer and now he makes steroids and he sells the steroids to people 
I mean, you know, that's not that's not legitimate. You don't want to put that in your body. So, and um, I think I think most of you who listen to this, ninety nine point nine percent of you, are the type of people who trust a chemist, a lab technician, a scientist to put together something for you versus that guy in the trailer who's a meth head who did you know years in prison and who's just got out and this is the only thing he can do because he can't get a real job. I think most of you are smart enough to trust option one. And that's what you get with Geneza Pharma and not with a gym bro selling gear to you. So let's talk about why people love big arms before we get into anabolic steroids. So I'll tell you what, when you're out on a date and you're wearing, you know, you're wearing a nice shirt, right? Nice button shirt. Women can tell that you are a guy who's rock hard and who works out by your arms. They can tell by your chest, okay? But your arms, they can see part of your arms if it's, you know, if it's a regular shirt where it's not long sleeve. Even if it's long sleeve, they can see your arms when they hug you. They can feel your arms. I've had women tell me, you know, they've gone on a date. They're like, oh, yeah, I knew you had big arms. Well, the first time I, I, I met you on a date, I gave you a hug and I could feel your arms. They yeah. like that. They like to feel against your arms. They like big arms. That's very important. So women, men, whether you're straight, uh, gay, whatever, that's a turn on to the opposite sex or the same sex. So you want to make sure that you're showing those. Your abs are wonderful things. But when do you get a chance to show off your abs? Only when you have no shirt on. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You could tell if someone has a flat stomach, but you can't see those abs, but you could see half of those arms. So what I like to do before, right, when I used to go out on dates, is I'll go to the gym and work out some of my arms, right? Get a nice pump going, get the veins pumping out of my arms. Then when I go out to the gym, my arms are really full of blood. Yeah. And when I first meet that girl, she gives me a hug. She'll feel those big fucking arms with the veins popping out. And that will really excite her and turn her on. Because then she's going to be like, man, his arms are rock hard. Everything else in his body is going to be rock hard. His calves, his privates, his abs, his <laughs> chest, his shoulder, everything's going to be rock hard. And I can't wait to have this guy dick me, you know? That's what she's going to be thinking. Yeah, hey, let, women, me, let, me, let me jump in here, Yeah, go ahead. There's this weird situation in, in modern times. As we as we record this podcast, it's 2023, guys. So if you're listening to this podcast 100 years from now, I'll give you the date, right? So here's this thing. For the last probably five or 10 years, right, there's been a sort of – it's kind of weird that people would deny that muscular – being muscular and being strong, and especially for men, is kind of an issue. It's kind of like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're big and muscular. If you're a good guy, this is more important. If you've got a great amount of money in your bank account, it's more important. If you've got a good car, a great house, you've got potential in life, it's really important. I'm going to call bullshit, Steve, because here's how nature works. Nature says, if I come down a dark alleyway towards you and you don't know who I am, you're going to be thinking, here's this 300-plus man coming towards me with his huge arms. And and he looks a big, he's taken up a lot of space in that alleyway. I better move to one side because all the rest is bullshit. So here's here's the bullshit thing, right? You go to any gym anywhere in the world, and especially if we're talking about the younger members of that gym, I'm talking about the guys, but even some of the girls, whatever your thing, however you swing, right? 
I guarantee you, if you go in there at five o'clock in the afternoon, Steve, there'll be a bunch of young guys. And what are they training? Arms. What are they doing? They're hitting biceps more than they're hitting triceps, but they're training arms, right? Like Steve says, there'll be a bunch of women. I, I, I'm an older guy. Steve, Steve, Steve's the wrong side of 40, and I'm definitely the wrong side of 50. I'm nearer to 60 than I am to 50, right? And when, just a few years ago, when I was dating like crazy, I'm they can see from my photographs I'm a big motherfucker. And so the women are going to be attracted to me because of how I looked. And then hopefully how I spoke to them, the way that we flirted and so on and so forth. Steve, the amount of times would go out on a date, right? And the, they would immediately do that thing that women do, which is where they hook their hand around your arm and you're, you're kind of sort of walking together to go to the restaurant, to the club, to the bar, or wherever it is, right? Now, when you get to know them, you're holding their hand, you're kind of sort of having that kind of vibe. But the first thing they, and what are they doing, right? If I'm claiming on these dating websites to be a big-ass motherfucker, 280 pounds, 300 pounds, whatever it was then, there's an awful lot of bullshit is online. So the first thing they do is they're checking you out. Easy talking shit. No, I can't get my hand around his forearms. I can't get my hand around his, his biceps or whatever else. And then, Steve, even without the girls, the amount of times, even when I was a lot smaller than I am now, but still big enough that I would go to clubs or bars or whatever else, and the younger guys would see me six foot plus and 250, 260 pounds, whatever it was in those days. And immediately they're like, how much can you bench or whatever? So it's nature. People like, they deny it, but they there's a sense of, if you've got a big muscular arm, in their head, you're a big muscular, strong person, male or female. It just is what it is. You don't have to like it. It just is. So in reality, because we all go to the gym and all our listeners are hitting the gym and all our listeners want to be better today than it was yesterday. A huge amount of our listeners are going to be younger guys that want muscular arms, big muscular arms. It's, it's a thing. It's undeniable. Uh, Geneza will help you get big muscular arms. We're going to give you the training. We're going to give you the steroids. We're going to give you, we're going to give you the, in, the inside track on this kind of stuff. Big Thick fuck off arms, 20 inches, guys. Whatever. If you're 12, we're gonna help you get the 13. We're gonna and it's it's undeniable, super popular. Filling out those t-shirts, like Steve says, you can't always be down to your thong on the beach, guys, but you can certainly walk around today, Steve. It's a little bit breezy, but the sun's out. There's stuff if the sun's out, it's guns out. When we're talking about guns, we're talking about arms. Undeniable. Don't have, to, don't have to agree with it. You're still listening to this podcast because you want those big arms. And Janez is going to help you get there. Back to you. Yeah, so I can remember growing up watching, you know, I grew up in the 80s, you know, you watching those action flicks. And always, you know, they, the, uh, the actors in those action flicks, they had big arms. Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. You could see there, they always made sure they had that vein popping out of their arm and yes. arms, and they'd hold the, the gun, you know, the, yeah. the machine gun and their arms. You could Flexing. see their arms. Flexing. Yeah. <laughs> so they made sure, and then on the video, you know, on the picture of the movie, you know, when they're marketing the movie, they'd show a big picture of them with their big arms sticking out and big veins popping out of their arms. So I think that's part of it too for me because. The first time I started working out, I had no clue what I was doing. But one of the things I did is I took a dumbbell and I started doing curls, you know, and my arms started reacting. You know, I started to see my arms grow. And that was the first time I was like, damn, you know, weight training 
builds on muscles, even though I didn't know what I was doing. You know, when, when you're 14 years old, you know, and even if you don't know what you're doing, as long as you can pick up, pick up a weight, you know, you're going to have some, some results. So I found that, I found that fascinating that I was able to, you know, really, really, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I think it's the visualization and everything of having those arms. And, you know, when you're in the gym, you have a cutoff, you know, a tank top or whatever, you can really show off those arms as well when you're, when you're working out. So a lot of it is just like a, a self-confident ego thing, you know, where, where you feel good, you know, you feel good walking out of the gym, you got the big arms popping out and people know, people know that you, you work out. It's a very, very important thing. But obviously as I've gotten older, you know, you want your whole body to look good. You want your legs to be big too, everything to be big. But then yeah. the day we, you know, look, if you've got skinny ass arms, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, that, that needs to be worked on because nobody has any respect for someone who has skinny 11 inch arms. And that's something that anybody can improve. Anybody can improve and you can really get it. So over time, the idea here is we help, we get help with anabolic steroids to build those arms up. So anabolic steroids, this is how they work. They boost protein synthesis. They boost the ability to recover from those harsh workouts, not in the way a lot of people think, okay? But when I mean recovery, I mean that you can hit your arms more often than you usually can. You can hit your chest, you can hit your shoulders, you can hit your legs, whatever, more often. When I'm talking strictly about muscles here. I'm not talking about ligaments and tendons. So you want to make sure, number one, when we're going to get into training in next couple segments, but you want to make sure that you're not training your tendons and ligaments as much as you're training your muscles. But we're, we'll get into that. We got Mobster here. He's going to talk about training in a bit. But let's talk about anabolic steroids. They help with all that. And they're going to make it easier for you to grow your arms. That's just a fact. Now, some anabolic steroids work a little differently. Some of them are more wet where they cause water retention. Most of our muscles and most of our body, we all know, is made of water. All right. And um, if you didn't know that, now you do. So obviously, if you're taking the more wet anabolic steroids, the Dynabol, the testosterone, which includes Sustanon, the blend of Sustanon, and GP has all of that, now you're getting that effect of more of a fluffier look, a fluffier muscle. But since our muscles are made mostly water, it's obviously going to make your muscles bigger when you're on these steroids but it's going to be a lot of it water. Now, some of you may want that and some of you may not. So we're going to give you some options, both with wet compounds and non-wet compounds. Another thing that these certain steroids do, they create pumps. Now, pumps, they're very simple. It's things going into your muscle, blood shoveling your muscle. Obviously, if you go to the gym and you work your arms, a lot of blood and a lot of nutrients are going to flood into your muscle. It's going to give your muscle that appearance of being bigger while you are training and post-training. So and if you actually must measure your muscle, you'll in for real, your muscle actually grows while you're training from those pumps. Um, a certain amount, um, whatever centimeters, I don't know what, what the metric system is. I don't even know how much a centimeter is to an inch, but you're going to see some growth just from that. So you'll notice when you're working out and post-workout, you walk out of the gym, your muscle's actually bigger. Now, obviously, once that pump goes away, your muscle shrinks back down to where it was before. 
But over time, the idea is when you're going to use these anabolic steroids, that pump is actually aiding it, aiding that muscle by get, putting in some blood in there, and it's going to actually feed that muscle more. So the idea behind the pump is you want to get that effect long term. Now, obviously, you don't have to necessarily get a pump, but I'm saying certain steroids are really, really good for pumps. Go ahead, Mobster. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll give you an example, guys. I've actually said on the forums that the pump in and of itself is not that big of a deal. Everything you're doing over the length of time and your training and slowly but surely adding body weight. Uh, for example, guys, if you're the average height and you had 10 pounds of body weight, that's about an inch all over. Uh, at my height, it's going to be a little bit less. On the pump itself, like Steve says, here's one of the things you can do with the pump. There's an argument to be made, Steve, for stretching the fascia. That's the membrane that's around the meat, the fibers of muscle. And we're talking about biceps and triceps here. So it would be pumping those things up. And there's a bit, the pump feels great. Having those arms pumped just feels amazing. But that's, that's for me, there's also an argument to be made when it comes to the pump, Steve, for pushing nutrients in, for getting rid of the lactic acid and a bunch of other bits and pieces. That's the science. The fun part is pumping up. The fun part is building up that size over time. Here's a real simple thing for you guys. Neither Steve nor myself have the arms that we started out with. Our arms are, regardless of the back and forth, the science, the, the whatever, our arms are bigger today than they was when we started. I'm going to try and remember, Steve, because it's a long last time ago. But I think the average arm size on a, on a normal height person, if you stop them and measure them in the high street, is about 12 and a half inches. Uh, by the way, it's about two and a half centimeters to inch, give or take, a little bit under. Um, a good number to aim for just for the average individual, especially you younger listeners, is going to be 15 inches. A 15-inch arm, if you're average height, looks pretty damn good. The next mark in the sand is probably going to be 18 inches. And 18 inches, if you go to most gyms, guys are going to tell you what their arms are. If you get the tape out and you whipped it out and you whipped it around, they would probably be only if there was a hundred members. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna put ten bucks on the table and say five, ten of them, or ever eight genuinely real eight-inch arms. Twenty-inch arms, especially if you're average height again, are rare as hen's teeth. My arms, and again, I'm six foot three. And this morning, as we record this podcast, I was nine hundred grams under one hundred and fifty kilos. That's three hundred and thirty pounds. It's just under three hundred and thirty pounds today, Steve. So back to, almost back to my all-time high 330. And last week, with a loose tape, I saw that in a picture that was loose, my arms were a fraction under 21. That's probably the biggest they've ever been in my life. But we're going to get into how I train, how Steve trained. I'm a big, when it comes to bulky arms, Steve, my, my favourites would always be wet steroids, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. For the sheer reason that Steve's already said, which is the pump, getting the blood in there, getting water in there. For muscular arms, for ripped arms, this is an ironic thing as well, Stephen. I will say this because it's been pointed out by, by experts many, many times. When it comes to a muscular arm, and I mean a lean muscular arm, what you see seems to be bigger. A muscular arm, for some reason, and you can look this up for yourself, you can take two people that weigh the same, but one's ripped and one's not ripped. And for some reason, the eye catches the muscular arm more than just the bolt-up arm. So you can actually lose an inch or two of fat and water, and your arm's actually on stage, visually in a photograph, is going to look 
better. It's going to catch the eye more, and it actually looks bigger, even though technically it's not. So it's kind of weird in that particular way. So my approach today, and Steve can go from the other direction, I'm going to be talking about huge arms rather than muscular arms, wet steroids rather than dry steroids, and bulking for power and that kind of approach versus a more lean muscular approach. What about, I'm going to go with my first choice here, Steve. And my first choice, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, and guys, the regular listeners, I know that I'm a low-dose guy, and if you go on to uh, Geneza and you check out their product, you've got a, a Methan 10, and they also do a 50, and they also do, and this is exactly the same product, it's just a different label, but it just gives you the choices as per, as per usual, a Dianabol 50. Now, I'm a low-dose guy, so my actual choice would be a Methan 10, and I would do that multiple times per day. So right now, for example, I'm running 30 milligrams. And you just heard me say that my almost back to my all-time biggest. And I think those arms were probably the biggest I've ever had in my life. And that would be just using Dianabol, Steve, because it swells up around the joint. It helps for me benching. It helps for my press. Just being bigger all over helps with any of the other bigger core compound exercises that I'm doing. So that would be my number one choice. What about yours? What, what would you think in terms of Dianabol? And then would you go with a drier choice, a more muscular choice for yourself? Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, Dianabol, the first time I ever used an oral steroid, really a steroid, um, was, was Dianabol. And I ran about 30 milligrams a day. And I'll tell you what, um, just incredible. I mean, it was just what I like about Dianabol is the mood enhancement as well. So not only are you getting results, like you can like get results day to day, but the mood enhancement is also a cheap as hell steroid to get. You can buy a cycle of Dianable for like 150 bucks at the most. And it's a cheap steroid. So, and it's basically, I always say it's dummy proof. And again, crazy pumps, a lot of yes. water retention and your muscle being made up of so much water, it's really going to show in your muscle. So if you are if you don't care about vascularity as much or cuts or anything like that, you just want big, big arms, Dynabol yeah. is a great addition. And, you know, with all these steroids that are great for pumps, drop setting is a great tool to use. And we're going to talk about that, obviously, in the next segment when we talk about training. But with Dynabol especially, you really get some sick, sick pumps, drop setting, and training to fatigue. And you'll notice that on Dianabol, but it's like a feel good. It'll, it'll feel good. It'll feel like you're like Arnold. He used to love Dianabol. And that's why he loved Dianabol because his muscles would kind of like, you know, like balloons, like kind of get big, like balloons. So we love arms for sure. Um, and that's is what, what it's all about. So if you're like a skinny guy and you're struggling to put on weight, you don't have, and, and you don't have much appetite, Dianabol, boom, gives you all of that. And it basically cures all of those ailments for you. And you don't feel like crap on it. You know, you just want to be careful with Dynamo because of the water retention has side effects. Obviously, we don't want estrogen elevated in the body as it is. But also, high estrogen can give you gynecomastia bitch tits. We don't want to end up with bitch tits. You want to be careful with Dynamo. And you may want to consider running a light aromacin with it. And GP has you covered on that. They have aromacin. They have GP Arimidex as well. You can get either one, but aromacin is the number one option, I think, for an aromatase inhibitor because it is a suicide AI. So it disables the estrogen enzyme from this from right away. Um, so 
if you want to get on top of it, you could run a little aromacin with it, or you could drop the dose of Dianabol a little lower, maybe 10, 15 milligrams of Dianabol instead of the 20 or 30 milligrams. And some guys run Dianabol as high as 50 milligrams. If you do that, I definitely recommend that you use an AI with it. And if you're stacking with testosterone, it is water retention heaven, okay? You definitely want to run an AI if you stack those. Now, back in the days, back in the Arnold days, they didn't use Dianabol with testosterone. They used Dianabol with dry steroids and Proviron or Primabolin because those helped with the estrogen, you see? So if you were estrogen prone in those days and you, you used too much Dianabol, you basically ended up with bitch dits, you know? So Arnold was smart. He knew not to abuse Dianabol. He knew not to use testosterone with Dianabol. And he knew about estrogen and he knew how dangerous it was because it could ruin your physique. So he avoided all that stuff. As far as I know, I don't think he ever had like his gland removed or anything like that. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe you guys have inside information on that, but um, he was smart enough to do that. He was also lucky, you know, being lucky too, when it comes to estrogen is important. There's some people they came and run a, a hundred milligrams of testosterone without getting bitch tits. You know, so some people aren't just unlucky when it comes to um, estrogen issues. But, you know, bottom line with Dianabol, it is basically a dummy proof. So run it like that. The other one, uh, two mobster Anadrol is is very, very much cheap. It's also a cheap steroid, surprisingly cheap. But Anadrol is a little different because it's a DHT derivative. So dihydrotestosterone derivative steroid, okay? So it does not aromatize into estrogen, but it binds to estrogen receptors. So anadrol is a really interesting one because you can get, you'll get harder on it, but you'll also have some estrogenic effects in the body. So it's really weird. You'll, your muscles will get big and hard at the same time. And it's a really interesting effect. I love anadrol for like a quick four week cycle. Let's say you just want to like build up arms. And you've got like a four-week window or a five-week window. You're like, man, I want to build up arms, but I don't want to get big and wet and fluffy like I would on Dynabol. Anadrol would be your choice, 25 to 50 milligrams a day. Hardcore workouts, dedicated workouts. Make sure you're working all your body, not just your arms. Put a big focus on the arms, and you will build those arms on Anadrol, and it's going to be it's going to be big, rock hard arms and big arms at the same time. It's really a fascinating steroid, but it has a lot of side effects. It's got a lot of side effects because you've got the DHT side effects, you got the estrogenic side effects, even though it's not converting into um, estrogen. But it's got, you know, it's got. There's different options when it comes to anadrol that it can give you side effects. So you want to be careful with anadrol. It may not be suitable for a newbie when it comes to steroids. Mobster? Yeah, I would have, yeah, I've, I've conversations. I've never actually done that well on Anadrol. I tried it recently. Uh, and yeah, I know a bunch of guys that have done absolutely amazing. Now, it's definitely a wet steroid. And for those of you that respond to it well, I hear absolutely crazy, crazy numbers, Steve. I'll give you an example, guys, just from my experience with Dynabol. Typically with me, as is right now, I will add eight to 10 pounds every single time. And when I was trying to maintain size, manipulating the diet, manipulating training, I would keep four, five, sometimes six pounds for every D-bowl cycle that I did. But then I would hear these numbers about Anadrol. 
again, down to the individual and their response to steroids, generally speaking, I would hear crazy numbers like 10 pounds as a minimum, but at the upper end, which is when it got crazy, sometimes 15 or 20 pounds on cycle. The trick always is to maintain that kind of, or some of that size and some of that strength after the cycle. And we've covered this in other podcasts and I touch upon, I touch upon it on the forums and, and multiple times. So yeah, the Anadrol is a great one. GP does two versions of this, Steve, and it's exactly the same thing, guys. It's just two different names, a GP Oxy 50 and a GP Anadrol 50. And again, exactly the same product. I would you can split these pills the same as you can split the Dynabol 50s, the Dynabol 10s. Any of the urals can be split if you want to dose it different times through the day. Super wet for those people that respond incredibly well. I, I've never done that well on it. I can only imagine if the D bowl pumps with a low dose can be crazy, and they can be crazy. God knows what the anadrol pumps are like for those that respond incredibly well. I definitely want to hear from you guys that use the GP anadrol, just what kind of pumps and what kind of response you get. But again, this is this is a true, true wet bulking steroids for those of you that respond to it. I've tried anadrol, didn't seem to do it. I know that Dynabol works for me. So I've gone with something that I know that works for me when I've got particular aims and targets. It's like I have right now in my training. And you go, what's worked? What, what size am I going to put on? How much weight am I going to add? This kind of stuff. And I know straight away, especially with a brand like Geneza, that I can use something that I'm familiar with and I'm just going to blow the fuck up, Steve. So that's exactly the kind of stuff like that. Now, if it comes to an injectable, I would be looking, and again, I've touched on this on previous podcasts, one of my absolute fave, and there's two of them, my absolute fave would be Sust. And Geneza does a Sust 270, that's 270 milligrams per milliliter. Sust, as Steve said earlier on, is a combination of esters in one steroid. And my response to this, along with my other choice, which we'll touch on momentarily, which is Deca, I've always, when I've run these two together, done incredibly well. And I've, I've done this in previous shows, but I'll repeat it again for new listeners. When I weighed 280 pounds back in the day and I was running up to a strength competition that I wanted to do well in and I was running an injectable cycle, my two most positive cycles, I would add 20 pounds both times that I run these two, two drugs together for these competitions. I would go from 270 to 290 or 280 to 300 pounds every single time now as per then although i've actually got bigger since because i've got stronger in some way since i wasn't always looking to keep that size afterwards but i was certainly looking to get as strong as i possibly could and these two in combination but especially as we're talking about it right now sustenum was a great choice for me and again it's one of those i knew what was going to work and i need and want to use a source like Geneza. what about you with regards to sustenum chief Steve, and would you choose something else, perhaps a drier compound for yourself as a personal choice? Yeah, for me, I mean, just because of my goals. But again, you know, on this one, we're, we're focusing on big arms. But I think a lot of people, too, they mix up big. You know, they think big means water. And a lot of you just aren't striving for that goal. So a lot of you just want big. So testosterone would be a good option. But what about, you know, what about DECA? You know, DECA, it's more of a drier compound. 
Um, a lot of people get themselves in trouble with DECA when it comes to being, you know, a wet compound because they stack it with a bunch of testosterone because people have been saying that for years. Oh, you got to stack DECA with a bunch of tests. Five, you got to stack twice as much testosterone with DECA. And then they get bloated arms and they're like, oh, my arms are bloating. But you can actually get good results. You got to remember back in the day, back in the golden age, I use this again. They love DECA. Because DECA didn't aromatize heavily into estrogen. And in fact, it aromatized a fourth or a fifth as much as straight testosterone. So you can run more DECA and get less water retention than you would testosterone. So it makes sense that DECA would be a good option here. Um, so DECA durobolin, you know, anywhere from 200 to 400 milligrams a week. And then if you wanted to stack some testosterone or sustenon with it, just a small dose, maybe 100, 150 milligrams of those. And that's a good stack right there to get results. I would always also stack Provirin with uh, any type of Nandrolone. And here's why. I'll give you a little tip on why. Because when you take Nandrolone, either Nandrolone phenylpropionate, which GP does have, or the GP DECA, you are getting a conversion, a metabolization of dihydrotestosterone. Not is not DHT. You're getting dihydronandrolone with a with those nandrolones conversion. Okay, so what's going to end up happening is your DHN is going to skyrocket on these nandrolones, and then your DHT is going to be weighed down. So you're going to have an imbalance. So it's very important to run a DHT derivative with a nandrolone. So Proviron is a great choice. You only have to run like 25 milligrams a day. That's it. You don't have to run a lot. I know Proviron isn't the cheapest steroid out there, but Proviron is a good option because it's got low side effects. It's also going to help with your arms because it's a hardener. And it's also because it binds well to SHBG, sex hormone, uh, sex hormone binding globulin, and it's going to make your entire cycle work better. So it's going to free up more testosterone, free testosterone ratio. So it's going to make your whole cycle work better. So it's a really, really good choice as well. So if you want to run DECA, or nandrolone, phenylpropionate, and PP. Make sure you're running Proviron with it, and then you could stack in a little bit of test. But don't run too much test. Otherwise, you're going to be a bloated mess, and then you're going to wonder what the hell is going on here. You're going to say, oh, DECA causes bloat, and DECA should not cause bloat. It's a testosterone they're using with DECA that causes the bloat, or the Dianabol you're using with DECA that causes the bloat. So we don't want bloated arms. We want big arms. There's a difference. Yes. You ever, if you go to the gym, go to a meathead gym around five or six o'clock when it's peaking and look around and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see the permabulkers with the big fluffy arms and you'll see the dudes with the big arms. They're not fluffy, but they're big. They're big and they are vascular and there's a difference. So my arms, if you guys see my pictures that I posted, I would, I would categorize my arms that way. Granted, I have good genetics for big arms. Because I have short, stockier, you know, a more short, stockier physique. I'm five foot six. So I have very big legs. I have very big arms. You see? So it's different. But like, you know, you'll see the difference. And I'm not talking about lanky arms. I'm talking about the stubby arms that I have. So it really boils down to uh, what you're trying to get. But DECA, DECA, I think, is a really good option if you want something like that that's more mild. So Mobster, yeah. Yeah, um, just to, to let you know, guys, Geniza does a, a GP Deca 300, and I've already said, Steve, that's the, my, one of my favorite injectable combinations, my favorite injectable stack. 
for bulk for size, as Steve said. Now, here's the thing, and Steve's touched on this already, and I want to make this clear as well. You're managing your estrogen, like Steve said, with an aromatized inhibitor earlier on. That's going to stop the two being too watery, too fluffy, like Steve said earlier on. And then, obviously, which we will touch upon after training, diet is super, super important. If you eat a ton of crap and take a bunch of watery drugs and don't use an aromatized inhibitor, it's going to be water city. And the, the, when Steve says fluffy, he's not he's not joking. You're seeing out of control water and, and, and guys that are just eating everything with, within a three-mile radius. It's going to be ugly. You're going to be big for sure. But we know that's not what you're looking at, guys. We want to have something like a waist that makes those arms look big. Something like, you know, room around the joints, especially if you've got small joints, so much the better. So that it doesn't look like just a watery mess. That's no fun for no one. Genuine, real big muscular arms are the kinds that we occasionally used to see in the old bodybuilding magazines and we still see online. We know what that looks like. We've all got a good idea of what that is in mind, Steve. I want to touch upon the training now. Right. So this is the kind of training that I do. And uh, it's a, a little bit of an insider tip. Right. So if I was talking about sheer muscular bulk, just as big as I could get my arms as possible, Steve, I'm looking pretty much for the majority of my size. But this is actually something I want to touch on this for the younger guys. This is one of those little tips that you younger guys need to be aware of. Two-thirds of your upper arm, and that's what we're really talking about here, Steve. I will touch upon forearms. Two-thirds of your upper arm is tricep meat, not bicep. You think it is for the amount of biceps that you see younger guys training, but it's tricep. So stuff like bench dips, dips done on a set of bars that you dip in frame that you find in some gyms, heavy press downs, skull crushes is a particular favourite of mine at the minute. And skull crushers, that's seated, standing, laying down. My favorite one of them is laying down because I can spot myself. A heavy, heavy skull crushers. I wear elbow sleeves on the super heavy weight, Steve, just because I'm an old motherfucker. I want to protect my joints and it's going to help me move some real, real big weights. And, and any kind of bench pressing, but especially the close grip, which is the kind of style that I use, overhead pressing. This is the thing that sometimes people forget about arms. If you're strong all over, I'm talking about squat deadlift bench press then your arms are going to be strong and again if you add 10 pounds as i said to a normal size trainee this is an inch on your arm so being big and strong and other lifts matter what about biceps right so i'll give you an example steve those of you that follow my log on the forums will know that i have two bicep workouts and two tricep workouts for that matter two different arm workouts one is super super heavy and i'm talking about mobs are talking bullshit heavy hammer curls as in i've thrown around this would be loose and cheating like a motherfucker steve i've thrown around a 100 kilo dumbbell on hammer curls that's 220 pounds for your american listeners and it sounds like bullshit you can look it up it's on instagram you can find me online i can put a picture up if you want i've done it on my log so you can see that i've done that stuff but that's super super heavy that is not strict and arguably steve there's even an argument to be made for lighter weights with a much better focus on contraction, which ironically is what I do in my other workout. So my other workout is a bicep tricep machine. And Steve touched on this right at the beginning of the show, squeezing the contraction, the drop sets that Steve mentioned, slightly higher volume, really, really, guys, those of you that know about concentration curls know that it's all about the contraction and manipulating your fist and the rotation of the arm into such a position that you get the squeeze that bicep super hard. 
There are ways of doing that with your tricep as well as your bicep. So sometimes it's about less weight, not the crazy weights I've just mentioned, but less weight with super, super strict form. And like I said, I'm using the bicep tricep workout, working on a contraction, super setting. That's no rest between bicep and tricep. I'm using something that I looked up from the high intensity stuff, which is five sets of 10 on that. And um, manipulating the variables with the numbers, the time, if I train with a buddy, if I train on my own, just keeping the, the rest relatively short. And then, for example, as I did this last week, Steve, straight from the bicep tricep machine over to the multi-angle machine with the cables and, and the various different pulley handles and whatever else, and just did the whole goddamn stack. I don't know what that weighs, 40, 50 kilos, 50 is 110 pound guys and 15 reps to pump my triceps up on press downs. And that was specifically got the tape measure out and it was a fraction under 21 inches. That whole workout, and I've done this with a buddy of mine and I even put a, a, a little bit of a training article under the forums, that whole workout with my buddy took 27 minutes for the two of us. My super, super heavy one takes me about 40 minutes, but that's literally because they're so goddamn heavy on skull crushers and hammer curls that it is, it's knackering the rest of me, guys. Picking some of the weights up, it's just the whole goddamn body is involved when I'm throwing around 90, which is 200 pounds, or 100 kilo dumbbells, which I've done in the past, because that's pulling my whole body out of position. It's a whole body workout, never mind arms workout. But that is super heavy. You can find old photographs of uh, Arnold, like Steve mentioned at the beginning again. I believe his best Chico on a straight bar, Steve, was around a 260-pound mark. And if there are strict curling competitions where the guys get up to those numbers, but they're typically close to 300 pounds body weight again. And, and again, I'm thinking of CT Fletcher, for example, it's still your motherfucking set with his arms right up there. In terms of sheer size, and this is just some crazy numbers for you, the biggest forearm I've seen is a, a, a powerlifting, uh, equipped powerlifter called uh, Tiny Mika, with 20-inch forearms, Steve, and a really, really muscular upper arm. And I'm thinking of Ronnie Coleman would be 23 inches with a few powerlifters and strength athletes getting their arms even bigger again, 24, 25 inches. But we're talking, as Steve said, a bolt-up, watery, a little bit of fat there. And those that's absolutely massive. I think back in the day, Steve, my fires weren't as big as uh, some of the big arms I've seen right now. I'm thinking of the Stoltman brothers, where, where they're, 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 I see a photograph a few days ago, Steve, where uh, there's a, an expo and two of the fellas in the photograph make strongman equipment and a decent sized fellas, 17, 18 stone, 200, 210, 220, 230-pound body weight. And then there's Tom and his brother, Stoltman, and the brother's arms look like legs. They really are absolutely massive. And if, even for me, as big as I am right now, Super, super impressive seeing these arms. Just absolutely crazy. How would you train your arms, Steve, if we were talking about big arms? How would you train yours before we talk about nutrition? Listen, um, there's a reason, you know, you see these gymnastics, uh, there's gymnasts with these huge-ass arms. So I like, I really like monkey bars. And monkey bars and pull-ups, especially in weighted pull-ups are a little, little, um, little bit of overtraining. Because what happens is when you got weight stuck to you and you're doing a pull-up, it's really a little too much, a little too much pressure on your elbows, your forearms, your wrists and stuff, and even your back, you know, and your spine. So you don't even have to do weighted, but gymnastics are amazing. And one of the things I like to do is monkey bars. And monkey bar training 
is really nice. You see monkeys like on TV and videos and stuff and videos, they, they fly from one tree to the other and they're like swinging and stuff. I mean, they have an amazing upper body strength uh, relative to the rest of their body. Well, you know, that's a great way to build that up too. And uh, that's one of the ways I like to do it. And you can do different variations of pull-ups, you know, with the, with your grip, you know, inside grip, outside grip, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it, it really is a great way. You really, you don't even have to pick up a weight mobster. You can just do uh, gymnastics, pull-ups and monkey bars and build up arms. Uh, and it's, it's crazy how, how much you can build your arms, even doing some body weight exercises like yeah. dolphin dolphins yeah. on the floor where you basically cross, like um, cross your, your hands and then put your elbows uh, shoulder length on the ground and then do basically push-ups like that. And that the, it's called a dolphin um, in yoga, but, but it's like a kind of a Pilates move and you could just do a bunch of those and build up your arms that way. So, but I do, I do, I do like, you know, to do a lot of drop sets when I am doing my camera string curls or doing curls, you know, in front of the mirror, but that's not where I'm building my big arms. You know, it really isn't. And um, I like, see a lot of young guys, they'll, they'll be in groups of three or four to go to the gym and they basically spend like 45 minutes in front of the mirror curling 20, 30 pound dumbbells. And then they'll pick up a heavy dumbbell and try to do it with horrible form. And it's just like I shake my head, you know, as much as I want to go up to them and and teach them the correct way. It's just not my place to do that. You know, I, I don't want to I'm not there to bother people. You know, it's not my place. If they want help, they can come ask me. I'm not going to go up to them. But, you know, I'm doing this podcast, Officer and I. The bottom line is, look. You're not going to build big arms standing in front of the mirror, curling 20 pound dumbbells for 45 minutes. That's just yeah. not how it's done. And uh, really they should be, I want to tell them, you know, you should be at the pull-up rack because I tell them you could do all these curls with 20 pound and then go do a pull-up and they can't even do two or three pull-ups with proper form. They struggle. So get good at that and then use those curls in front of the mirror just to get a nice pump going, just to get the vascularity going, just to kind of get your ego going so you can see your progress. But in no way is that is that what's happening. So if you ever see me at the gym doing curls in front of the mirror, it's like toward the end of a workout, just so I can get a nice final fatigue to my arm before I leave, and just so I can kind of see where my arms are and kind of mire myself in front of the mirror a little bit. I earned those arms. I want to mire them a little bit. Will you grant me that? Cause that's what I want to do, <laughs> you know? So mobster, yeah, chime in on that one. And then we'll talk yeah, about I mean, diet. I have actually done what Steve's talked about. And I'll give you, it's another one. This is one of those insider tricks and techniques guys. So <laughs> I, I'm fortunate for the sheer amount of time. And I know it sounds like I'm bigging myself up, which I guess I am a little bit guys, the sheer size and the strength that I have. Some people come over and they will ask you certain questions. And Steve's a muscular guy. He's put his time in under the bar. He's going to have this. So people will ask us. That's the reason we're doing this podcast. We're doing it because we have a certain knowledge and we're happy to share that knowledge. So on occasion, and I'll give you a quick example. A couple of weeks ago, Steve, uh, I, I think I was bench pressing and doing back and doing a little bit of grip. And I had the guys and I ended up winning the competition myself. We've got a thick bar, two inch thick, 50 mil thick bar hollow that's down the gym lightly nailed and i goes guys you probably haven't done this one for years if you've ever done it and that's reverse curls 
with a thumbless grip on a thick bar. So you just got to squeeze like a motherfucker to hold onto it. Now, the trick here with reverse curls is that you are training the brachial muscle, which is for the reason why I do hammer curls as well as the stricter uh, machine curls that I do. And the brachial muscle is the muscle that runs from the kind of halfway up the forearm. If you look at Phil Heath's arm, it's always that, that huge muscle that kind of bops up out of the top of his forearm and tucks in underneath the bicep. And what it does is between the bicep and tricep, and if you thicken this one, if you bulk this one up, it pushes the tricep one way, the bicep the other way, and it makes your arm look thicker from front to back, especially when it's hanging down, but even when it's up in the bicep flex position. But especially from behind, looking at the arm from behind rather than the arm in front. Now, the reverse curl with a thick bar is making you squeeze harder. So you've just got to grip it. You're not using your thumb, which would be easier. And then you are squeezing that forearm, that brachial muscle against the bicep. It's just horrible, Steve. And we, I think we, the bar weighs nine and a half kilos, which is about 20 pounds. And we had five kilos on each side, which is 11 pounds on each end, guys. So what's that? 22... It's about 40-something pounds, and I won with 20-something reps, and it was horrendous. It's surprisingly light, but hard to do. Now, go back to what Steve talks about with chin-ups and pull-ups and, 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 and even uh, bench dips and stuff like that. Why are these hard? Because it's your fucking body weight. It is not 20 pounds. It's not small weights, five pounds, and just working on the cutters. It's your whole goddamn body. And the bench dips is half your body weight. It's all of the upper body and a little bit of the lower body hanging off the side of a bench. And the reason why, and even it's things like the stretch in a bench dip, which is like a great example, you're in a stretch position. It's the reason why, for example, I've done this, Steve, I would do certain exercises, the press downs that I talked about, push downs that I've mentioned, the bench dips, and bench dips give me more of a stretch with my arms that much further back, same as overhead tricep extension would for the backs of my arms again, because I'm in a stretch position. So there's all stuff like that. There's, there's stretch position, there's squeezing the contraction. There's using an enormous weight, even if it's your body weight, to get those really, really big arms. It's remembering, like I said earlier on, that it is tricep more than it is bicep when it comes to arm size. And then it's stuff like other heavy compounds. Remembering, like I told you, with regards to adding body weight and bulk all over will put size on your arms. Let's squeeze on to nutrition, guys. If you eat like a squirrel, you're going to be tiny. If you eat like a bear or a gorilla, you're going to be big. But we want we want that combination of size with muscular. We don't want blub. We don't want fat. We don't want fluff, like Steve says earlier on. And especially if we're using watery steroids, including our favorites from Geneza, we want to see the veins. We've got a little bit of vein, a little bit of separation in sheer arm size. We want muscular bulk, not fat bulk. So diet, Steve, touch on diet, and I'll throw some suggestions in myself. Yeah, so, you know, diet, you know, we're talking about big arms here, right? And as Mobster said, I've always said, if you want to be big, you got to eat big. So muscle-building foods, guys, Pop-Tarts and pizza and all this stuff, that's not going to build muscle, okay? That's not muscle-building foods, fast food, all this other stuff. It's not muscle building foods. You got to eat muscle building foods. You got to eat your good carbs. You got to eat your good proteins. And you got to eat your good fats. It's as simple as that. Um, so if we're going to, we're going to, you know, you want me to dumb it down for you? You got to, you got to have nutrition in your diet, your fruits, 
your veggies, especially your green veggies, your carbs, like sweet potatoes, raw oatmeal, okay? Uh, those are great carb options. And then you've got your proteins, your good proteins, um, bone broth. You want the, the, the medicine of nature? Bone broth is the best thing you could put in your body in terms of protein. It's full of good fats and it's full of collagen. And it's going to actually feed your muscles like nothing else. Uh, we see all these companies selling supplements, you know, and they want to sell a supplement that has collagen or supplement that has this or that has that. That's going to magically grow your muscle. But the, the true supplement of nature is going to be bone broth. And many of you out there have never even tried it before or had it. And you can't buy bone broth in the store either. It comes in a cardboard box. That's not going to work. You got to actually make that bone broth at home. So get some bones, go to your health food store, grab some bones, throw them in a pot for like 24, 48 hours, let them steam in your pot and make yourself some bone broth. That is the most nutritious thing you can put in your body. That is the food of the ages. And, you know, that, that's how you're going to grow big, big muscles, guys. You're not going to grow big muscles off of, uh, you know, baby food. OK, now when it comes to pumps, there are some tricks you can do if you want pumps in the gym. You can you can carve up a little bit before your workout, but good carbs. I'm not talking about cake and ice cream and donuts. OK, before you work out, I'm about good carbs, the sweet potatoes, you know, things like that. The, the brown rice, the whole grains, uh, make sure it's not processed. If you're going to go with breads, non-processed breads, um, salt. You can add some salt. Salt will help. It's an it's a very key electrolyte. It's going to increase intracellular fluid levels. Water, lots of water, and um, you know, there's those are some good options. Nitric oxide boosting foods. We there, you know, there's a whole list of them that you can take. Um, dietary nitrates, green leafy vegetables, spinach, lots of spinach. Popeye the sailor man, he used to eat spinach. And boom, his muscles will grow. So have some spinach before your workout. Try that. Um, eggs, raw eggs, raw nuts. These are also, they're high in arginine. And that arginine is an amino acid that drives nitric oxide production. So those are good options too before you work out if you want a bigger pump. And then also you can just go get a supplement. Uh, nitric, any nitric oxide supplement, there's plenty of them out there. Problem is they're full of fillers. They're full of preservatives. They're full of junk that you don't want in your body. But if you don't want to eat those foods that I gave you, you can go with that. And those will give you that pump before you go and hit the gym. So those are some good options if you want to get that extra pump at the gym and leave the gym feeling like an absolute uh, beast. Those are some good options for you. And at the end of the day, look, guys, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on, on our regular podcast. But listen, when you eat crap, you're going to feel like crap. So if you want to, before your workout, go eat crap, then you're going to go work out. You're going to feel like shit your entire workout. Your body is going to have to work to process and digest the shit you just put into it while you are training. And how does that make any sense? Post-training, same thing. I don't understand. Post-training, people want to go and eat fast food. Why? Why would you do that? Your body wants to recover after a workout and repair. Put good, nutritious food into it, and you will grow big arms. Put crap into it, and you won't. 
Mobster? Yeah, I agree, Steve. I train in the morning, and as often as not, that could be nothing more than a bowl of oatmeal. When I used to work for a proper, proper job for a living, one of my tricks, guys, was to have a flapjack about 90 minutes, 100-gram flapjack. You can make these at home, guys, super nutritious if you're homemade, about 90 minutes before I hit the gym, just for that late afternoon energy after I've done a day's work. I would obviously make sure that I ate well uh, in the morning, breakfast at work, lunch at work, and so on and so forth. So those kind of things. Guys, you're not going to get by on snacks. You're not going to get by on Pop-Tarts, like Steve says. So definitely stuff like potatoes, rice, healthy pasta. If you can, The more food you can make home, the better. And, and, and again, it depends what time you guys are hitting the gym. If you're, hitting, if you're doing a day's work of construction, make sure you have a, a, a healthy snack before you hit the gym, like I suggested. If you're at school or at college, meal prep at the weekend and have something hour, hour and a half uh, before you hit the gym. It's about, and for me, Steve, it's the overall food and overall nutrition. You won't get big eating like a mouse, eating like a squirrel, eating like a bird. You've got to eat more to get big, to bulk up. And guys, there's plenty of nutritional articles on our, on our forums. Come and check. Talk to us about pre-workout training. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. As an example, very quickly, just before we finish off, pump that Steve mentioned earlier on with regards to nitric acid and, and, and nitric acid rich food. Classic one of mine, Steve, is I have a little bit of beetroot every night while I'm cooking my evening meal. Uh, and that's super rich. And that is a natural pub enhancer. Just to give you an example again, guys, and as freaky big and as freaky strong as I get, a little bit of pump still a good thing. I get guys telling me they can see the vein popping up in my forearm. And I could do a whole podcast just on forearm training because their arms hanging down from the shoulder from the cap delt, the bicep, the tricep, all the way down to my wrist. The big forearms is another thing in and of itself. Guys, make sure that you look up Geneza Pharma. Make sure you check out their products. A solid company like Geneza with solid products that we've learned to rely on is going to be part of your big arm journey. And it's super, super important that you have a backup from a company like Geneza when you're doing that to making the right choices with your nutrition, with your training. Listen to this podcast again. Go back over the information. Come online, ask us questions, post comments. We want to hear what you had to say about it. What's your big arm tricks? How did you get your arms big and massive and muscular? Do you want dry muscular or wet muscular? We want to hear. We want to know. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view. And based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.